Pornography is a booming global industry. It's estimated to be financially bigger than all sports combined, capturing and controlling multitudes in addiction, seizing individuals and destroying families. Christians are not immune. Too many pastors and church leaders have been lured into this underbelly. If you're addicted, is there a way out for you? In this special program, co-host Ivan Williams and myself will discuss the issues with Pastor Bernie Anderson, who has beaten the pornography addiction. Today's topic, conquering the addiction of pornography. You're watching Ministry in Motion. an addiction to pornography start? I think it begins because individuals try to cope with life, um, the, the stress, the chaos of life, and um, it turns out that pornography is a very easy way to try and cope with a lot of the chaos and stress. And so once you step into that pattern of turning to pornography to deal with all the junk that happens in life, it's, it, it sticks to you. It, it, it's not so much that you know, you've kind of latched onto it, it sort of latches onto you, and then you're stuck. And then you get stuck in this cycle, you get stuck in this, um, in just this way of doing life. And then you, you pile on top of that the shame that goes along with it, and the, mm. the secrecy and trying to hide, and you're, you're really just caught in a trap, very difficult to break free. You know, it's accessible everywhere. Mm. Um, I mean, anywhere the internet is, you don't need to be in front of a TV any longer. No, no. Um, and the, the attractions that the world uh, makes it appear. Uh, what, are, what are some of the challenges of, of, of pornography trying to replace intimacy? Oh yeah, that's really what pornography does is it creates a false sense of intimacy. Um, when, when life does get hectic, when it does get stressed and so forth, we sure. go looking for someone and if we can't find someone, if we're not connected in significant relationships, then we'll turn to something. Sure. And so there's a false intimacy created with the something of pornography. And mm. it's easily access accessible, as you said. Right. It's, it's, a, it's affordable, and mm -hmm. you can remain anonymous. So you, yeah. even in pursuing pornography for, for the sake of some sort of connection or intimacy, mm -hmm. you, um, you don't have to connect with the real person. In fact, you can, you can go to any pornographic website right now, and I guarantee you there's not a message on that first page saying, go away. No, mm, right, <laughs> it's saying, right. you are welcome here. And it doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter what kind of job you have, it wasn't, doesn't matter what your status is, you can, you can consume whatever you like right here and find at least some sense of a temporary relief. Yeah. And typically, what happens to intimacy? When you're yeah. Addicted. Well, it begins to break down. If you're trying to connect with real people, mm -hmm. um, the if you're in, but you're expending all of your energies and emotions uh, on false intimacy through pornography, then you really got nothing left to to share with family and friends. So in my own case, in my own story, uh, my wife would tell you if she were here, she'd say during those years that I was addicted, mm -hmm. I was there, but I wasn't really there, mm -hmm. and she found it very difficult to relate to me and to connect to me. So. 
pornography sort of has this impact of being able to hollow people out. Um, mm. it, not only is it um, dehumanizing uh, just pornography itself, but it sort of dehumanizes the, the individual who consumes it. Um, yeah. It's a real cancer to the soul, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Bernie, what, what gave you the, the impetus to say, you know, not only do I have a problem, but I want to talk about this to other pastors, other ministers, um, to address this possibility in their own lives. Yeah. It, what, what took you to that point? You know, was, I was very much compelled by the reality of the fact that pastoral ministry in particular is, is just inherently stressful. <laughs> and it, it, it comes with all these unique challenges that only pastors really understand. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like the perfect setup to go looking for an unhealthy and inappropriate way to cope through sure. pornography. Sure. So I said, you know, hey, if I can share my story, being a pastor, dealing with the realities of pastoral ministry, and my failure in that, mm -hmm. um, perhaps it'll strengthen and encourage uh, someone else to get well and to get healthy. Because the last thing I want to see is a pastor leave ministry or fail so publicly that it's very difficult for him to do ministry. And so, hmm. um, yeah, my, my heart just goes out to all pastors because, sure. you know, I mean, you, you guys, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, so, um, yeah, so I hoped, I wanted it to be an encouragement uh, for pastors to get help and to get better uh, before something really terrible happens. Yeah. It sounds like it's a, a lonely road, though. Yeah. You, you know, because you, you, you're looking for something, or the, the, the victim, if I can put it that way, is looking for something, and yet they're searching for it, hungry for it, and it just it feeds that same search. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's a desire. Um, there's a desire to, um, to be known, to, to experience intimacy. In, in my opinion, a lot of it uh, goes back to our desire to be known and to be accepted and to be loved and appreciated. And so if we're not finding that, then we'll, like I said, we'll settle for an imitation. But you're right, if, you, if, if the nature of what you do, such as pastoral ministry or just sometimes life in general, is that you find a lot of time alone and you're isolated, then yeah, it can be very, very lonely and uh, it can be very, very easy just to settle for uh, something that sort of fills in the gaps a little bit along the way. Yeah, you know, uh, Barner has done some research in this and uh, we'll have some stats uh, real soon as we continue to talk in our conversation. But um, how, I mean, uh, this is vast. I mean, we began the broadcast talking about it being more consuming than sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's huge. Yeah. So what would you even say to pastors who are parents to help their children in this whole journey? Yeah. Since this is pushed towards yeah. us. Yeah, it's not a matter of if your child will be exposed to porn. It's just a matter of when. Like mm. you said before, it's, we're, it's easily accessible. Uh, yeah. Phone, uh, the most common way that people are accessing porn mm -hmm. for the most part now, and by the way, young adults are the largest consumers of pornography, mm. is, is through their phone, through, through smartphones. So gotcha. it is there, it's available, it's e easily accessible. So if I'm a parent, um, I'm going to create as many boundaries, as many sort of walls uh, to prevent uh, them from getting access to pornography and also sort of filter it before it even gets into our home. And I know every home has a Wi-Fi network these days. So as a parent, your responsibility is to, to make it as difficult as possible for your child to have access to pornography. Just mm. build some boundaries in. Now, again, 
Is it totally fail safe? Probably not. But, uh, you know, you do your best and then you have lots of conversations about uh, inappropriate material online. And because all our kids are on, they have apps and things that, uh, that, that can access pornography and so forth. Got to be talking to them, got to be engaging them on this really, really important topic. Yeah. Let, me, let me just ask a follow-up question to Ivan's good question. So other than, you know, the, the phone itself and like a, a, a barrier thing, is there something that parents could do proactively, yeah. you, you know, in their relationships with their kids? So yeah, you said not... the key word. It's all about relationships. Okay. And, and really pornography and some of these negative sexual things that we talk about are just a sub-point of the major, of the significant topic of sexuality. So as church members, as, as, as Christians, we should be talking about sex and sexuality mm -hmm. uh, with, our, with our children um, and preparing them and sort of uh, discipling them, if you will, to that through this very awkward stages of trying to understand sexuality. Because they're getting a message from the culture, but it's better if we can help uh, sort of change that message and give a more appropriate message. And so relationships are huge. Uh, opportunities at mealtime to, to talk um, and break the ice some kind of way, tell a story. Our kids often like to hear stories about us and um, as appropriate as possible, tell them about your mistakes, how you blew it, how you weren't uh, you know, as good as you could have been. But conversation. Um, being close to your kids. Being close to your kids, yeah. yeah. Try, and, and that happens through conversation. We gotta talk, we gotta, gotta engage. Get over our fear of talking to our children. Now, ultimately, we run, we're eager to hear your victory story, how you conquered it. Sure. We, we're really eager to hear that. But we'd really like to also understand the physiological aspect of, of the addiction as well. And after the break, we'd like to come back and talk to you some more about that. Stay right with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Anthony and I are dealing with a hot subject, hot in the sense that it's very relevant. And we're talking with Pastor Bernie Anderson. And Bernie, when we left off, we were dealing with pornography in the way that it impacts the family, the children, how do we protect them. But, uh, you know, the Word of God says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, yeah. be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks around seeking whomever he may devour. So is, is being addicted to porn not being sober? And what does sobriety have to do with it? Yeah, that's such a, a very powerful word, this notion of sobriety. Mm -hmm. Now, my understanding of it is that it's, it means to be a clear mind, to have a okay. clarity about, about our thinking and so forth. And so um, it's coming to our senses. You know, remember mm. the story of the prodigal son, that very pivotal moment, moment it says that he came to his senses. So if, you're, if pornography is, if we're involved with pornography, it clouds our thinking. Mm. Um, it shapes the way we think about the opposite sex. It, mm -hmm. it clouds the way we, we interpret relationships. Sure. Um, it makes us a little bit more, it turns us inward more. So we right. think more about ourselves and our own needs and so forth, which is the absolute op opposite of the gospel. It's all about sacrificing and giving and sharing with others. And so, no, pornography um, does not help you to remain sober. Yeah. And, and in fact, it's meant to be a bit of a, something that, uh, some, somewhat of a high. 
mm. you know, mm. to, to help us escape reality a bit. Mm. And physiologically, it's, it has a huge impact, doesn't it? Yeah, I always say that darkness sticks, and pornography is dark. And, and so it sticks in such a way that it, um, it challenges the way that we, we think normally. It, it mm -hmm. sort of takes away our rational capacities, you know. And so, um, but what it really taps into and it manipulates are the onboard chemicals that, we were, that we're born with. So God gave us these to experience pleasure, to experience mm -hmm. and to cope with life. Um, but pornography helps us to tap into them for uh, inappropriate ways, so to speak. And so uh, the, the, uh, the neuroepinephrine and some of these, some of these drugs, uh, the dopamine, dopamine is such a powerful, powerful drug. It rewards us, and pornography taps right into that. And wow. the longer you participate in that cycle of reaching for pornography every time you meet a stressor, that's how the addiction begins to really take root. Mm. And um, it's hard to deprogram uh, our, our brains. You know, once we get it, it's, it's like they, they, some uh, neurologists describe it as digging these, these trenches right in our brains mm. that, that naturally, you know, that we turn to naturally in order to cope with life, which is a, uh, not the best way to cope with life. No. Yeah, and uh, Bernie, you gave us a quote from uh, Johan Hari. Mm -hmm who said that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, yeah. but it's connection. Yeah. Let's yeah. go deeper. Tell us about that. Oh, I, I love that. I love that. In <laughs> fact, I love the entire TED Talk. Every, I recommend everybody watch it. But okay. basically what he's saying is the, the remedy to the insanity of being addicted to pornography is to connect with real people. And, and where we have significant relationships, where there's legitimate intimacy, where there's trust and bonds and so forth. Um, in other words, if you get the real thing, you won't settle for the false thing. Mm. Um, if we cope with life through uh, leaning into uh, those closest to us and the most in our connections and our, our relationships, our spouses, uh, our closest friends, if we can lean into those instead of leaning into pornography, then we'll, we'll tend not to fall into the pattern and get, get hooked on things. That, that probably applies to any addiction, uh, but I think it's particularly uh, appropriate for pornography. If I may, that's, that's something that speaks to me because connecting with real people, mm -hmm. uh, social media is kind of taking us away <laughs> from that connection. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm connecting on a device yeah. when Anthony may be right next to me. I don't sure. know, you know. Um, but but this is this is huge. You know, I mentioned before we went to the break that um, Barna did some research, and and he says uh, in his book on trends that 96% of young adults and 90% of teenagers um, kind of view porn as a not so troubling thing. Yeah. They talk about it as if, as if it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that a danger? It's yeah. scary, doesn't it's it? It's kind of scary. <laughs> it, it really is dangerous um, yeah. because you know what you what, you, you got to understand how significantly something can impact you. And if you don't know how powerful pornography is, or you don't give it um, you know due respect, if you will, mm -hmm. then you, you you know you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. And it, you know, we, there's this word we used to throw around quite a bit, and it's desensitization. Yeah. And I think that's sort of yeah. what's, what's happening is there's such a flood, such a wave of pornographic material and, and provocative material mm. that, that, yeah, it just seems normal. Um, but is, is it a typical type of teenage thing? Like, 
often teenagers don't know the dangers of alcohol and drugs, yeah. and, and they'll mm -hmm. play with it, they'll experiment yeah. with it. Mm. Is it, is it a, and this isn't to make light of no. any of these major issues, but mm. is it a, a thing of kids? Well, I think it, there's, a, there's obviously a curiosity about sexuality because, I mean, God created us. I mean, that's sure. a good and beautiful thing that God gave us. Sure. The question becomes at what ages are we exposed to certain material mm. um, and who's guiding us down that path? And, uh, and sadly, in this culture, it's, it's often television and media that's guiding our children down that path of discovering what sexuality is all about. Gotcha. And as we know, they don't always have the same uh, intentions as we have as parents in raising yeah. our kids uh, for the better. Interesting stat from that Barna um, study as well is that young adults feel like um, not recycling is more harmful than watching pornography. Well, <laughs> mm, mm. yeah, it's, it's just a completely different form of morality to what we're yeah. accustomed yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bernie, I'm I'm eager to hear how to conquer this. Mm. Did you know, you know, and and your suggestions, particularly to to pastors and and church leaders who may be wrestling with this themselves. Yeah. Um, Ivan, it's time we've got to have a break. Yes. But I, I'd love yeah. to come back to, to, how to how to really beat this thing mm -hmm. and how you would suggest and advise people to do so. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're talking with Pastor Bernie Anderson about being victorious over pornography. And uh, Bernie, before we left, we, we just really want to get to the straight. <laughs> uh, we know that porn is a huge issue. Um, I, I believe it's one of the, the devil's uh, darts. Um, and more and more morality will become less biblical morality. And so, you know, you had a personal journey and, and that's why you're here. And not, not only because of that, but because you can help others. Mm -hmm. um, how did the Lord bless you in this whole discovery of, you know, this is not good. This is not mm -hmm. uh, of God. This is something I, if I'm going to see his face, I need to have the victory over mm -hmm. What took you to that point? Yeah, it, it, you said the word journey, and, and that really is what it is. And there's a point at which um, you make a decision to kind of step into where God is leading mm -hmm. and um, to move more in the direction of uh, having your life really transformed. And it, it all began for me um, with just being willing to open up and say something, just admit that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I had a little help in that, though, I'll mm -hmm. be honest, because my wife discovered my problem, mm -hmm. which is an incredibly painful um, chapter of our story. But that would begin sort of this process that God was using to take me on the journey of, of really of recovery. And then it was a matter of me making the decision that I'm going to walk in this direction and do whatever God asks to, to be free. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only am I going to turn and go in that direction, but I'm going to continue to walk in that direction. And that required of me uh, letting go of some things that, sure. you know, regular Internet access. As a, as, a, as a guy, as a pastor, as someone who has to use the Internet, you know, to do, we do that oh, every right. day. I had to step away or at least have a controlled environment where I was on the Internet. Gotcha. So, yeah, life had to change for me in significant ways that 
um, would help me to remain uh, sober because that's really the goal. I don't want to just stop yes. for a few days or right. a few months. I want, a, I want a whole new way of doing life. And here's the here's critical part is that you recognize that it's not about um, just stopping a bad behavior. I think a lot of people you know, would describe or define recovery in that way. But in reality, it's, um, it's actually a life where we choose and continue to choose to live just completely different lives. Um, hmm. And, and, I, and I, I, I begin to not just avoid the bad thing, I begin to pursue that which is good and holy and right. And, and that's, that's really what recovery is. It's not yeah. just white knuckling to stay away from the bad. Yeah. It's really uh, a journey of embracing uh, really some beautiful things. Uh, and that's kind of been, that's been the story. And continu continuing to stay open about it as well. When we hide, we die. So in, in your lifestyle, like most other addictive behaviours, somebody trying to quit smoking, they don't keep cigarettes in the house. Yeah. You, you limited your access to the internet. Exactly. Mm. What, what other daily practical things yeah. filled your day instead? What, what did you do? What's absolutely uh, critical was, was just time with God. I know that sounds super simple, and we, we encourage people to have a devotional life. Mm -hmm. I, I can't emphasize enough just how, how powerful that is. Uh, again, we, yeah. I say the problem is intimacy, and, and if we have intimacy with God, we have intimacy with others. Um, we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbors as ourselves. We'll tend not to fall into the lure of false intimacy. Gotcha. When I say love, I mean that's, that's truly engaging in, in vulnerability and openness and seeking to bond with and be with those closest to us including God. Yeah. So I have to carve out that time. I have to pursue Him in relationship. And uh, that, that was a big part of it. That, that along with some journaling, that was a big part of my life. Probably the most significant thing, too, was having some, some men to journey along with me. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had guys, we, you often hear the term accountability partners. Sure. Yeah, they're accountability partners. You trusted them. But, but these are really just people yeah. you trust who are willing to invest in your life. Willing to, um, to, to be truth tellers to you. Um, yeah. And in, in the most white knuckling situation, yeah. you, you know, when it's, when it's, it's bad. It's bad. Where yeah. did you turn then? Uh, a lot of times it was, again, to, to the men, to the, mm -hmm. the friends in my life. If you, if, if, if you can seek out real people in those most critical moments, you'll tend not to fall back into the old pattern. Uh, if you yeah. isolate and you're alone, you'll give in every time. Seek God out um, in those moments. Cry out to Him, but but call a friend. Get around a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, say, meet me at a restaurant. I, I just need to be around someone. They don't even have to know what you need to need yeah. to be around them for. You know, sure. grab a ball. Let's go to the gym. But get out of that place where you're alone, because if you're alone, it's going to be very very difficult to fight. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen you and your wife talk about this publicly. And obviously, your wife has been supportive of mm -hmm. you, not only in the recovery, but now living a victorious life and here sharing how God has, has blessed you. Uh, would you be able to say a quick word about her support and, yeah. and uh, that whole journey? We don't have time for the whole thing. Sure, sure, no. <laughs> I, I think what's neat about my wife is that she, um, she was unafraid to just be very direct with me. 
and and even in her own pain of discovering you know, the reality of what what I was doing, she she was steadfast and just confronting me with the truth. Sure. She never gave me an ultimatum per se, mm -hmm. but she was very strong about the boundaries. And and if you're in the situation and your spouse who's having to walk this journey, um, be be steadfast in that. It's tough. There, there's no question yeah. about it. Yeah, Bernie, what would you say to somebody who's watching this program that might be in that challenging place? Yeah, if you if you find yourself struggling, I would say get get open about it. Find a friend, find a pastor, uh, a counselor, or a therapist, and um, just begin to open up about it. You know, call out to God, absolutely. But the next step would be to call out to someone who you can trust. Uh, generally, it's something secret, something quiet, and we're, we're, we're ashamed of. But if you can begin to open up, I believe God will set you free, and um, you'll begin to walk in that freedom. And what's life like now? Um, wow, yeah, it's, it's, it's a life of um, really of, of just kind of openness and, and, and freedom. I mean, it's... it's there's not this burden of having to hide. And, and you know, the, the, the best word really to describe is peace. Wow. Mm. Peace, man. Mm. Um, when, you're, when you're paranoid about getting caught because of your addiction, when, yeah. you're, you know, when you're not sure about who knows and you're just kind of hiding and, yeah. and every, every prayer you pray is, oh God, please, can you rescue me from this? Mm. It kind of steals that peace. Um, but when you find yourself uh, at a place where, where you know, God has really worked powerfully. It's just peace, man. A lot of peace. That's, that's wonderful. We want to thank you, Bernie. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank you for your honesty. Absolutely. And thank you for your willingness to assist others that could be in the same difficult place as you once were. But praise God. Amen. There is victory over this. Yes. Thanks, Bernie. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. Sure. Thank you. Pastor Bernie Anderson has written a book on this subject entitled Breaking the Silence. We would like to offer a copy to the first 20 viewers, one from each country. Please email us at feedback at ministryinmotion.tv and give us your postal address so we can mail you the book. Let's review what we've dealt with on the subject of pornography. Point number one. Something is wrong on the inside when it comes to porn. Paul says in Romans 7, the thing that I do not want to do is the thing I always find myself doing. Number two, pornography is an enemy of intimacy. Number three, darkness sticks. Porn impacts the brain in dramatic ways. Point number four, we learn that pornography is a really negative subtopic on the more positive topic of the gift of sexual intimacy. Number five, confession is a gateway to freedom and integrity. Then lastly, pursue authentic intimacy with Christ and then others. I pray this program has enlightened you and helped you. You can be victorious through Jesus Christ our Lord. You've been watching Ministry in Motion.